Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. How many of you know that God did not call us to live ordinary lives? Sometimes it's hard for us to recognize that because it feels like a lot of times we're just living ordinary lives, right? Doing the day-to-day things. But I want you to know that God created you for so much more. He created the body of Christ to embody Him in the earth today so that other people could see exactly what Pastor Zach was talking about this morning, the goodness of God through our lives. Amen? And so I want to lead us into a a place of Scripture. Before I do that, I just want to say a huge thank you to Pastor Chris and Jennifer and all the team that led you guys last week so well. Um, We literally took 40-some people from our church, and a majority of that was our church leadership um, and we had some leaders that stayed here that sacrificed, that opened the doors, that did everything so that you guys could gather here as a church family. Last week, I got to watch online as we were actually walking through the airport. It was, it was actually really fun. Uh, but I just want to say, can we give a hand to Pastor Chris and to Jennifer for doing just such a fantastic job? And Pastor Joe was here last week. He's preaching up in McCall right now, so he's not watching. But I'm just so grateful for great men of God and friends who are willing to come and step in and just pour into this church community. Uh, his message last week, uh, missions team, I'm, I'm commissioning you right now to go watch that this week and listen. God has a word for you in that. Uh, but today we want to celebrate some of the things that God's doing. And we've been in a series all summer long talking about identity. And we've been going through the book of Ephesians and just looking at this identity that, that we have, that we are in Christ. Um, and we're really trying to get our hearts wrapped around and our minds wrapped around this reality that we're not just doing life, but we're doing life anew in Christ. And when we do it in Christ, there's some things that we have access to that we didn't have access to before life in Christ. Are you with me this morning? And so this morning, I want to I give you a picture, and I'm going to read this, these scriptures here for us, and I want you to just take them into your heart this morning, because I'm going to show you, through our team, a tangible example of what scripture is talking about here today. And I know that we have folks that are joining us online. Welcome. We're so glad that you're with us. I know that we have some of the people that were on our mission trip who don't go to River Valley, but live in other places that are joining us as well today. And I believe that God's going to prepare us for some things that He desires to do both in and through our lives this week and in the weeks and months to come as we open our hearts to Him. So you guys ready to do that this morning? I want you to open up your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 4. It will be on the screen, but I I would love for you to read through this with me. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. As I go through, I'm going to... Uh, speak into a few things as we go along here. This is going to be the fastest reading of Ephesians 4 you've probably ever been a part of. Um, So get your listening ears on, and then we're going to put it into some real tangible space for us. Here's what it says. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul speaking to the church of Ephesus says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. I just want to speak this to your hearts this morning. I'm begging you, I'm begging you with Paul to live a life worthy of your calling. What is that calling? You are called to be children of God. You are called to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God. 
You are called to take everything that God has put into you and to give it to others. And I'm begging you this morning, live a life worthy of that calling. What does that mean? That doesn't mean do more. It means open up your life so that others can see what God has already done in you. Amen? goes on to say, for you have been called by God. Everybody say, by God. You aren't called by a church. You're not called by a seminary. You're not called by anything else other than God himself. Think about that. The creator of the universe knows your name and called you by name. Goes on to say, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort. I want you to notice the word there, every. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. Let me give that in a nutshell for you. When you're making every effort to bind yourselves together, here's what you're doing. You're doing the hard work of relationship. This is for somebody in this, in this room this morning. You're doing the hard work of relationship. Scripture, Paul is challenging them. Listen, do the hard work of relationship. What does that mean? That means when things get hard, we don't bail. It's quiet in here this morning. That means when we face challenges in our marriages and we're wrestling through things with our kids and, oh, yeah, the church community that God put us in to grow and be rooted in, we don't bail. We lean into those moments and we do the hard work of relationship. What is the hard work of relationship? It's having the conversations that you would just rather avoid. I'm preaching this morning. It's going into the places with our spouses and our kids and the people that are around you right now that you would just rather avoid. This is what Paul's saying. Make every effort. If it's on you, step into that conversation. Lean into it. Why? Because it tells you this here exactly what uh, Pastor Zach was teaching us this morning. That there's a unity of the Spirit that God desires for you and I, and listen, that will bring peace to your life. You choose to avoid those relationships. You choose to avoid those conversations. We think it's bringing us peace because we're not dealing with it. It's not. It's bringing you anxiety and fear. That's the deception of the devil. The Scripture tells us, make every effort to lean into those moments. You know the beautiful thing about a missions trip is you can't hide from anybody. You're stuck with them in a van. You're rooming with them in weird housing. You're literally eating with them always. There's no place to go. Here's the challenge with this right here. There's lots of places to go. The minute I'm done talking, we're done praying, all of that, you can say, see you later, and not even see that person for another month if you just choose not to come back to church for a bit. That's not what Scripture designed for the body of Christ. The body of Christ is designed to be in community so that in our relationships we make every effort to keep unity, to walk together. Why? Because God wants you to have peace in your life, not fear and anxiety. Not, oh, there they are, I'm going this way, right? Not, not that in our hearts. God desires for the body of Christ to be an example. Verse 4 goes on to say, for there is one body, everybody say one, and one spirit, say one. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope, everybody say one, 
for your future. How many of you know you got a good future ahead of you? It's bright. It's beautiful. God's got incredible things for you. There is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is over all and in all and living through all. Can I just help you? What happens right there is Paul is being very repetitive if you didn't get it. Like in every way that he can say we are to walk in oneness, he's saying it from this side and from this side. And in every way, Paul's just trying to say, listen, we are, we are brought into something that does not belong to us. And there is only one pathway and one process for that. There's only one Lord. There's only one King. There's only one. Are you guys with me here this morning? There's one. Paul's saying, don't be confused by this. You and I are part of something that is bigger than us, and it's, it's about Him. It's about what God is doing. And then we enter into a new thought that Paul is bringing to the church here. I want you to hear how he transitions this. So he's talking about oneness, and then he goes, However, He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Listen, I'm going to read that one more time. However, so all of this unity, all of this be humble, be kind to one another, create space for people to make space in, or mistakes in your life, make every effort to keep unity together, to love one another well, do the hard work of relationship. Like he's laying the foundation, the groundwork for what it looks like to be in community. And then he says this, he transitions from the corporate into the individual work that God's doing in your life. And he says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Here's the reality. You have a corporate responsibility as you grow in the kingdom of God, and you have an individual responsibility that he's drawing you into. And then it goes on to say, and this is why, and he's explaining a previous passage of Scripture. Scripture says, when he ascended into the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Who gave gifts to who? God gave gifts to you and to me, his people. Goes on, and this is the, the part where we're going to really dig into this morning as we talk in community. Verse 11. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. I want you to hear that. Christ gave specific gifts to the body of Christ. Very specific gifts, and he names them here. These are gifts from Christ to the church because he loves the church. He says, that there are apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So I want you to hear that. There, there are very specific gifts that not only has God put into leadership and the places that are around us, but there's gifts that God has put into you. Remember, he put them into each one. These are not just for leadership people. These are gifts that God puts into you. And he put these gifts into you to build up the church, to strengthen the people that are your he goes, he goes on to say, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and the knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So I need to ask you a question. How long will the gifts be in operation in the church? How long? Until we reach the maturity and the fullness of Christ. I'm, I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Are we there yet? Okay. 
So the good thing is that all the gifts that Christ gave to the church and has given to you and to me, and you may be going, I don't know what those are yet. That's okay. We're going to grow through that. But all the gifts that Christ gave to the church, listen, are still in work and process in our lives. Why? Because we all agree we aren't mature yet. We have not, the body of Christ has not attained to the fullness of Christ yet in this world that we're in. And some of you are saying, well, Tim, will that ever happen? Probably not in this lifetime. So what that tells me is that the gifts of Christ will be at work in the body of Christ to grow us up and mature us until Jesus comes back and takes us home with him. That I am so grateful for. Because that means there's a constant working of God in each one of us. And that means that your gifts, your callings, the things that God's put inside of you will be needed until you go home to be with Jesus. There is no retirement. There is no, oh, that's for the pastor or the whoever to do. No, no, no. What God's put inside of you is needed in the body of Christ until Jesus comes back. Let me finish this off, and then we're going to put it in a real tangible uh, lesson for us. Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us and lie so clever uh, with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Does that sound like the day and age in which we live? Lies that sound clever, they sound like truth, they sound good, but there's no substance to them. There's no foundation in the Word of God. Verse 15 says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. This is the work that God is doing in our lives. Who is the head of the body, the church? When it says that He is the head, this is what it's saying there, that He is the example. He is the one we take our lead and, 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 and we learn from. He is the one that we're learning and growing from. Verse 16, he makes the whole body, I want you to hear these words because this is where we're going to settle this morning. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Who makes the body fit together perfectly? The administrator of a church? Are you sure? The org chart? Come on now. Mom and dad, grandma and grandma, who fits the body of Christ together perfectly? He does. He does. It says, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts, and the picture here is around it, it helps all the other parts around it to grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This is Paul's point that he's trying to make here in Ephesians chapter 4. With all of the groundwork that he laid, he's saying, listen, God has put the body of Christ together perfectly. The local church, and I want you to think even bigger today, the, the church of the Treasure Valley. That means these wonderful brothers and sisters who are gathering today together in other spaces and other locations, they're a part of us. We are a part of them. God knew that the Treasure Valley needed us and these other parts of the body in order to be effective, to bring the fullness of Christ to the Treasure Valley. Come on, listen to me this morning. Like, God knows these things. He knows where people need to live. He knows what neighborhood you need to be in. He knows the people that He's connected you to. Why? Because He's perfect in how He puts all of this together, and he puts it all together 
so that you and I can strengthen one another, listen, so that we can do what he's called us to do and be what he's called us to be. My question for you this morning is, do you trust that God knows what he's doing, where he's put you? Do you trust him? Or are you going to hit the override switch and say, you know what, I, I think I got this figured out, God. I, know, I got this. That's what many of us do. Instead of trusting the master's hand and the master's plan, that he's got us in these perfect spots, we wrestle with the trust. Am I where I'm supposed to be? I don't really like being next to this person. Can I tell you, I sat in the van for more hours than I want to count. Next to people that oftentimes it was not comfortable, and yet I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Perfectly. Conversations needed to be had. Relationship was shared. All of those things were perfect moments for God to draw some people together. I ran into this quote the other day, and I, I, I just I had to pour it into this moment as we get ready to hear some amazing testimonies. Charles Spurgeon says this, To be afraid to trust God is at best absurdity. I want you to settle that. Just, just listen to that for a second. To be afraid to trust God. These words have actually come out of my mouth before. I just don't know if I can trust God. I don't know if I can trust him in this moment. And Spurgeon says, those words, that, that's absurdity. Why does he say that? Because if we can't trust God in his character and nature and the perfection of who he is, in his faithfulness and his kindness and his justice and his mercy, in every way God is perfect. If we can't trust him, people, there is not a, 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 a hope for us in this world. But here's what I want to tell you this morning. Not only can you trust God, not only can you put your confidence in him, but he knows exactly what he's doing with your life with this church community, with the Treasure Valley, with the United States, and with what he's doing in the earth today. We look back and we go, man, there's some crazy stuff happening, and I just want to remind you, none of it escapes the view of our God. And he has put you exactly where you need to be. He's connected you with people around you that you need to strengthen and that they need to receive some things from you. Listen, so that we can grow together in maturity. The simple terminology there is so you can grow up, so that I can grow up, so we can take some deeper steps in the things that God has for us. And I, I can't think of a better picture to illustrate this with than to tell the story of what God did in the hearts and lives of 41 people that decided to travel down to Mexico together from all different backgrounds and histories and age ranges and thought processes. I mean, you couldn't put probably a more diverse group of people. I mean, maybe you can. I don't know. We, we weren't even complete as a team, and God added some new people to us while we were down there. We didn't even know they were supposed to be a part. Of it. And they were. They came. They were, they were part of the team. Like God orchestrates these things so beautifully. So here's what I want to do. We're going to show you a video here that will give you a very brief snapshot of what took place. And I'm going to invite a few of these folks to the platform. We're going to talk a little bit about what God did. And we're going to see right here how God's word will come alive to us today, that he put us together perfectly for what he called us to. Let's watch this video. 
Right, I'm going to ask our uh, the crew that I asked to come up and join me up here. These guys are going to come, just share a little testimony. How many of you guys? That was that was pretty amazing to watch and see. Come on, it's hard. You go live this stuff, and um, you forget. We, we just did this like a few days ago, and I forget all. Oof. Just the wonder of what God will do with some people who just say yes to him. As much as I love what he's done in Mexico, and we're going to talk about that here in a second, I just can't help but believe there's so much more that God wants to do in our lives every day. And I love getting to be a part of a church community of people um, who say yes to him. So today we're going to celebrate that a little bit. And we want you to hear the heart behind all of the stuff that you got to see on the screen. And, and that was like six minutes of six days. Um, but we want, to hear, want you to hear the heart a little bit of this. And one of the most extraordinary things that I think I'm so appreciative of is how God orchestrates team and how he brings it together. And we had the very unique opportunity this year to have some folks join our team that don't even live here in the Treasure Valley, but are family or friends. And they, they came and joined us on this trip and brought such a beautiful part to what we needed as a, as a team. And um, um, one of those ladies was Rita. Rita comes to us from Oklahoma. We don't hold that against her. It's just that's where she's from. And uh, her son and daughter, our, our, our daughter-in-law, are part of our church community, David and Haley. And um, and I don't even know how, how it happened. I don't know if they asked her, if she just said, hey, I'm coming, or what happened in all of this. 
But Rita came and, and committed to coming and being a part of this, this trip with us. And um, because God knew that there were some things that he needed to do in Mexico, he brought somebody all the way from Oklahoma to come and be a part of that. And I want Rita to share here. Do we have a mic that we can hand her? Is that on? I just want to make sure that we're good to go. It's green. Excellent. Um, Rita, I, I, first of all, thank you so much for setting such a beautiful example of the commitment to come from a long ways away to be a part of a group of people that you really only knew a few people in the team, uh, but you opened your heart up like immediately to the team, and what it provided was this a beautiful opportunity that I want you to share with us a little bit about. Um, we, we got to build homes and do some amazing things, but what we, what we also got to do was work, work at a women's and children's shelter with some ladies who have come out of some really difficult backgrounds, horrible backgrounds. And Rita was a part of a team of ladies that had some opportunity to share testimony and speak into their lives and just encourage them. And Rita brought a testimony one day uh, that I'm going to have her share about here that opened the opportunity for God to move in a super powerful way. So, Rita, first of all, we love you. Um, and can we give her a hand? I just, man. And can you tell us a little bit just, just about how that, how that happened, what took place? Well, we got to share... Um Wednesday night in church, and we had some amazing testimonies. Uh, the, the youth in this group are just awesome, and to pour their hearts out and to expose things that have been deep in them, because other people are going through that. These people are going through this. Well, Levi, my grandson, was sitting there squirming. They asked for testimonies, and he was squirming. And Ice was squirming. And Levi went up and shared his testimony. And the Lord said, I needed to get up and share my testimony. But my testimony was that I have a heart for Africa. And I'm thinking, Lord, why am I going to Mexico and sharing about Africa? But the thing is, it was a dream he gave me when I was very young. And I thought that dream had died but it didn't. He restored that dream in my life when I was over 70 years old. And I get to go to my, my third mission trip in a few weeks to Africa once again. So if God has given you a dream, don't ever let that dream leave. Keep it in your, the front of your mind. I let that dream die but it really didn't die because it was always there. But then we have the rest of the story. I'm going to try to do this. <laughs> so I first want to uh, just read off a list of names to you really quickly. Um, we had um, Brittany, Cecilia, Lulu, Modesta, Sandra, Montserrat, and Dulce. <laughs> and um, after Rita shared her testimony, and another gal that was with us had shared her testimony, Christina, or Christi uh, Christine, and um, Dulce stood up and um, shared her testimony with us. And part of that was that she also had a dream to go to Africa, um, and that she wanted to go into medical missions. Um, she wanted to be a doctor. We called her Dr. Dulce. <laughs> and she had let that dream die. 
and um, it was revived that that moment. Um, and so she started talking about that. And so, um, <laughs> so as as she started talking about that, this weird thought came into my mind, and it was like, maybe we can send her to medical school. Maybe we can. I'll pay for that. <laughs> I don't know how, but and so and then I just was like, okay, well, is that even possible? And so, um, so the Lord, we had a luncheon that um, afternoon, and the Lord sat me next to a beautiful woman named Cha Cha, who was the wife of a man who uh, works and lives close by. And I just asked her, I said, "What's around here?" And Cha Cha said, "Well, as a matter of fact." right down the hill at what they call Camp Canada is a gal named Vicki, and uh, she's offering a paramedics class. And I was like, well, that's a great way to start. So through a series of steps, Tim said I had just a minute, and so I had to hurry. But through a series of steps, God opened several doors, um, and about an hour later, I found myself sitting with a man I'd never met, two men I'd never met, and a, a lady I'd never met, and Dulce and her little boy down the hill at Camp Canada, where um, even though it was eight weeks in to this program, it actually is a full-blown nursing program um, that normally costs 7,000 pesos a, a month for um, 800 pesos a month at this particular location. Um, even though, you know, we were late getting there. I mean, all the things, all the doors opened up. And um, Friday was Dulce's first day in the program. <laughs> and, yeah. And the whole time I watched this lady slack-jawed. She just couldn't believe that God was opening up all of these doors for her and that this was actually something she might be able to do. And so, um, anyways, we're just kind of, we've come together for a, for a little less than $1,000. This woman will have her nursing certificate. She'll be available for employment, um, lucrative employment in that area. Um, she'll have her uniforms, her books, the training, the whole thing. In 37 weeks, she will be a registered nurse in Mexico. And I want to remind you that that happened because somebody shared their testimony, brought their gift to the table in, in straight obedience. It started with a young man, like a middle school young man, the ones that the rest of us are like, can they keep a train of thought ever, right? Like a young man heard from God, went up, gave his testimony, inspired his grandma to go do the same thing. She gives her testimony, inspires a young lady from Mexico who had a dream from God to go to Africa and to work in medical missions and connects her with a lady who has vision and heart and passion to connect her with that space. They get her connected, and this lady's living on mission. Please don't tell me that God doesn't know what he's doing. He draws the right people to the right moments for a very specific reason, and a life was transformed. I would say even generations are going to be transformed because of that moment. This team is full of this. I'm going to have Alonzo share here. Uh, Alonzo, we, we went down to Mexico because we're going to minister to the people in Mexico. Right? Makes sense, right? Everybody with me on that one? 
We happened to be down there with some other teams from other parts of the United States, and just they're down there on quasi-mission. I mean, they're trying to fulfill what God's put in their hearts to do. And God begins to put something in this man's heart for another young man that's there. Alonzo, tell us the story real quick, because this is extraordinary. I met another guy from a team from Virginia, and his name was Howard, young kid. And uh, come to find out, he lives only a couple of hours away from my homestead in Virginia, in Stanton. And uh, we just struck up a conversation, what are you doing in life and all that, and he's a, he's a young student and uh, getting ready to embark on some organized basketball and start playing. And I asked him, well, when did you get saved? And he says, I haven't made that decision yet. I'm not sure. I said, you and me, we got to talk. <laughs> we got to talk. So every night that week, we were busy, I mean, going on projects, going to the mission, I mean, just doing all kinds of different things. And it, it was like Friday night was the, fi the final night that we were there that I got an opportunity to talk to that kid. I, I searched the camp for him, found out what room he was there. I started to go to his room, and I turned around. He was right behind me. Yeah. So I said, let's talk, man. Let's go. We went into the dining facility where it was nice and quiet. And... Uh, I shared Romans 10, 9, and 10 with him and had him read that. And I said, Howard, you believe this, don't you? And he said, yes. I said, well, what's holding you back from giving your life to me? And he kind of hung his head down. He looked at me. He says, I'll do it. I will do it. So we prayed the sinner's prayer, and he accepted Christ into his heart. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's funny is all week long, Alonzo's working at the women's shelter, and they're building a bench. They're just doing all kinds of stuff to help out around that facility. Yet God brought a young man from Virginia who needed to have an encounter with him for salvation, brought a guy from Idaho down to Vicente Guerrera so that they could have a conversation about Christ. And this young man's eternal destiny is changed forever because of one man who was willing to say, God, I'm here. What, what does this look like? How do we, you know what the, the, the really cool part of it? I walk in the cafeteria probably, I don't know, maybe five minutes after. I don't, I don't know how long they'd be talking. I walk in. Howard turns around, looks at me, stands up from his bench. He's got, he says, I got something I need to tell you. I'm like, okay. I literally have not had one conversation with this young man the whole time we were there. He's got, he, I got something I got to tell you. I'm like, all right. He's like, I made a decision to give my life fully to Christ tonight. I gave this young man the biggest hug. He just started weeping on my shoulder. And it was, it was like, it was exactly what we talk about, like when somebody's life is changed in the moment and all of a sudden they give testimony of it. It was, it was one of the most beautiful moments. And I'm looking at Alonzo over his shoulder, biggest smile on his face, <laughs> totally fulfilled and joy in his heart. Why? Because this man's living on mission. 
And he just looked for an opportunity. You know what the cool part about this was? Was uh, the day prior to that, we were out on what is called a shoe give. And we talked to you guys about My360 Project. And we were down there, and, and, and kid, kids' feet were being washed. We had driven through honking our horns through this kind of neighborhood thing. All these kids invited them. There's soccer being played. There's kids getting new shoes put on their feet. And all this cool stuff is happening. I mean, like, cool stuff is happening. Like, one of those really surreal moments in life. And I look over, and here's Pastor Zach. And he's engaged in this conversation. Can you throw it up? He's engaged with this conversation with this young man right here. Soccer's being played to the right. Kids' feet are being washed to the left. New shoes are being put on. All kinds of stuff's going on. And here's Zach in what I can say is at best broken Spanish, pointing this young man's heart to Jesus. And in the... Ten minutes that we were there hanging out, Zach had an opportunity to pray the sinner's prayer with this young man. There's not enough clapping in this room right now. <laughs> Can I tell you, none of those things were planned events. Those were not on our schedule. Pastor Chris prophesied over our team that it was not going to be business as usual, and I can assure you it was not business as usual. The, the moments that God gave us, he brought the right people in the right moments to see his kingdom advance, but to see people's lives transformed forever. And I mean forever. And as we got the opportunity to kind of interact with this, we get to see this happening in some really beautiful ways. This year, we had the privilege of, as a team of having a bunch of first-timers. And when I say first-timers, that is people who have never gone on an international missions trip before. And one of them that was probably just one that brought so much joy to my heart, uh, was Jane. Jane has been a part of this church. How long, Jane? How, how long have you been here? Did you guys hear that? <laughs> give, give or take more. Jane has never once been on a mission trip with us. Uh, a number of months ago, she came up to me and said, Hey, Tim, I've got a question for you. She said, Do you think I, I could go on the mission trip? I said, Well, Jane, do you want to go on the mission trip? And her answer was so honest. I don't know. Let's see what God might do with that. And so she committed to going on the missions trip. Jane, how many times did you think about not going on the missions trip? <laughs> see, there's honesty, right? Wrestling through that process, and yet God saw fit to bring her into this moment and then time. Jane, I just want you to tell us a little bit about your experience and just what you saw God doing both in you and, and through, around you in being a part of your very first missions trip with this team. Yes, what I noticed, we were talking about it yesterday. Haley asked me, what, what did you experience? And I thought, protection. We moved as a group, and I felt protected. I felt loved, encouraged. Um, you can do it. Uh, there are times where I didn't think I could do it. And there are times where I go, I can do this. Um, I was looking through my notes here to see, to kind of get an idea of what to say. And this is from August 8, 2010. Arise, my beloved. Come run with me. The way is clear. The path is smooth. I have made it for you. Come run. Come run with me. I have made a way for you. Don't despair if the way looks rough. I have made the way smooth. And that's what it was. It was smooth. 
It was easy to lean into things. It was easy to do things. Yes, there's some things I didn't do I should have, but I didn't feel pressured from the team. I didn't feel fr pressured from God. I just, that's my first experience. Um, and I have some things to process because I'm a slow, I process things slowly and it'll take time. Uh, the work has begun that needs to be done. Uh, it'll take a while to work, go through things. Uh, but it was an awesome experience and I'm glad I went. Come on. There was a lot of that right there going on this week between those two. They worked together and made curtains for the, one of the facilities. We were, they just, watching these two together inspires me. Um, because you're never too young and you're never too old to say yes to God in your life. And these two were a beautiful example of that in our lives this week. Man, they just, they moved with the team. They hung out. They had fun. Like the <laughs> smile on these guys' face. You watch them and Lynn, just this little posse of ladies cruising around praying for people, like like just love it. Like their roles on this trip, without them, we would have had a major gap in what God wanted to do this year. And, and women, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for saying yes to God. Thank you for exploring some new spaces with us. Thank you for braving the uncomfortability of a lot of the things that we did um, because you guys set an incredible example for our team. Um, to follow and to lean into and learn from. Um, and we honor you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Give, let's give them one more hand. All right, we got a few more people up here we got to hear from. And I'm, I'm, there's, there's some that I'm saving to the end because I just don't want to cry right now. So I'm going to wait. Um, we had such an awesome group of fathers and men on this trip this year. Lydia actually spoke to it one night. Um, around a, a time where we just sit at the campfire at the beach. I know it's terrible, but we had to do it. Um, and we were just talking, and Lydia just, just spoke such words of affirmation over some men that I'm so privileged to call um, not only friends but brothers. Um, and Dallas is one of those guys. Um, I've got to journey a long way in life one of the most faithful men I've ever met. And he's just so committed, um, not only to his family and to this church community, but to obeying God in his life. And um, him and his son got to go on a mission trip this year with us down to Mexico. And it was Marshall's first time. Um, but I was just so proud of watching a dad mentor his son and create space for him to meet with God. In some really awesome ways. And um, one of my favorite things about this trip, um, and I think it was the night at the beach. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Marshall. Um, but we had a, just a moment where I invited the, the team to just go sit on the beach, look out over the ocean, and just listen to God. Was that when that, that happened, when you heard from God, buddy? Or was that a different time? Yeah, that was it. Mar Marshall's really loving being up on the platform with a mic. Uh, this young man grew in more ways than I can even count this year. But one of my favorite things was as they came back, him and three of the other young men, middle school boys, came back absolutely lit. Like I'm looking at them, and they were like as excited as you could possibly be. I'm like, 
what they do? They find a crab? Do they, like, find something cool? Like, what's going on? And they have their journals. We, we have them bring journals. They have their journals, and they're having conversations with all of these people. I'm like, what are they doing? Like, what are they talking about? And I heard Marshall say, I heard from God, and this is what he said. Now, parents, if you're going to invest something in your kids' lives, get them in places where they can hear from God. Because nothing will change their life like the voice of God speaking to them. And so I asked Marshall if he'd be brave enough to get up here and just share with us a little bit of what that was like for him. First missions trip, first environment that he's ever been in like this. Marshall, what was it like? What was that moment like as you spent some time with God and he began to speak to you? What was that like for you? Um, I just sat down on the beach and kind of listened to the waves and just... Just words popped in back into my head, and I just wrote them down. Uh, Marshall, uh, when, when you were talking about that, why were you so excited to share that with everybody? I don't know. It was just exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great answer. And that's the reality of it, right? Can I just tell you, when we hear from God, it will create excitement inside of us again. Not only that, uh, Marshall, I, did you have fun on the trip? Definitely. 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 Did you enjoy the food on the trip? The most. <laughs> See, there's just honesty. That's why I love talking to these young guys. Marshall and these four young middle school guys that we had did an extraordinary job on this trip. Oftentimes, they're the ones you're like, okay, how is this going to go? We didn't have to worry about that with these young men at all, man. That they inspired each other in growth. Watching Cheeto and Levi, and Jeffrey, and Mark, these guys rocked this mission strip. And they were like a little little pack of wolves everywhere they went. Like they were just, number one, they ate everything. But number two, man, they, they were like kid magnets. They were playing soccer. You, they were the ones that were wrestling on the ground with all of the kids. And there was just like absolutely zero restraint when it came to them pouring love out um, while we were down there. And, and it was just so much fun. Uh, to see Dallas as a dad and as someone you've, you've had opportunity in, in some mission spaces. As a dad, what was it like for you to experience what you got to experience this week with your, with your son? Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm going to try not to just cry the whole time. Um, yeah, <clears throat> to see your son go from just this little guy to uh, he's taking steps into uh, to uh, being a young man and just like me just kind of stepping back and just letting him fill that void where he's just becoming a man now. It's just awesome. Him just being super excited about hearing from God and hearing from God. It's just, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Um, as a church family, and, and I just want to speak this over your life as parents. If you're going to invest your money in something, invest in this kind of stuff. I love athletics. My kids play sports. Those things are all cool. They teach our kids some really amazing things. But I would pay a lot of money to ensure the fact that my kids are in spaces where they get to hear the voice of God. And where they're around people who inspire them to do the same. And to not only just hear the voice of God, but then to live out what he's asking us to do, to do and to be. And parents, um, we all know we live in a really challenging world, a difficult space for students to grow in. 
And I'm just so thankful for men of God like Dallas and women of God like Becky who commit their family to this space um, and to, to, to create opportunity and financially sacrifice and all the things that it takes to be able to make this stuff happen, take time off of work. Uh, I'm grateful to be in this journey with men and women of God like Dallas and Becky and all these folks that are sitting up here. Um, and, and I just want to say, church family, just because you didn't go, there doesn't mean in any way, shape, or form that, that God is not at work in you. This is what we're trying to say this morning. The Spirit of God is in you right now. And, and we're coming back as a team to plug into what God wants to do in our community. And we're just sharing testimony of what we got to experience together but it is by no means an exclusive club. In fact, as I look across this room, the majority of you have had the opportunity or been on these spaces, and I just want to encourage you um, to delve deeper into that. Um, we got we got a couple up here that we're going to finish up here, just a, a few more testimonies. Can, can you guys bear with us for just a few more minutes? Okay. Um, uh, we, we had, we had a, a young lady join us this year um, who does not go to River Valley. Um, she's a part of another local church here in town that is phenomenal. Um, they're doing great things for God. She's involved in her student ministries and just all kinds of cool stuff that God's doing in her. She just graduated this year, um, going to Boise State, and, and just wanted to go on her first missions trip. And I remember getting to talk with Emma, um, and we were just talking about this space of missions and could she come and what would it look like. And the real conversation actually happened with her mom. I'm just being honest. She's hiding over here, but she's a wonderful lady. But, but, how many of you know, as a parent, that would be a little daunting to even think about sending your child whom you love and have raised with some people that you only kind of know? That would, that, that's, that's fairly daunting. Um, but Emma had this passion in her heart to go and experience her first missions trip. And I am just so grateful that she chose it, to do it with us. And the reason I say that is not because we're cool or she's cool because she is really cool, but because we needed her this year. We needed her on this team. The things that she brought to the table, the joy that she brought to the team, her intensity to go and do what God's called her and us to do, her willingness to say yes to everything, um, provided a beautiful atmosphere for the rest of our church team and family to lean into. And Emma, I just, before you, you start talking, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for braving coming and being a part of a group of people that you only knew, really, maybe one or two people in. Um, this was my travel buddy over here. So the team, we have, we have to pick travel buddies. And Emma was my travel buddy, and we were texting each other back and forth a few days before and praying for each other. And the very prayer that she had that I said, hey, how can I pray for you? Actually, let me rephrase. She asked first, hey, how can I pray for you? I was so grateful for that. And then I asked her, how can I pray for you? And she said, I, I want to make relationship connections in this. I don't want to just go down and go to Mexico and kind of do the thing. I, I, want, I want to connect with some people. And I am so thankful that, number one, she had the faith to put that out there, but also to not just sit back and wait for that to happen. She leaned into relationship. And the tears that are filling her eyes right now, our tears because she watched God answer that prayer for her while we were on this trip. So, Emma, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your experience and, and your first time kind of leaning into this space and what it was like to go with a group of crazy people that you don't know. Um, tell us a little bit about it. Um, it was incredibly 
it was crazy. Like, I struggle with anxiety. I've struggled with that a good majority of my life. And so this was an opportunity for a lot of personal growth and just leaning into a space that I didn't necessarily feel comfortable in. Um, I had a prayer journal leading up to the mission trip, and there were specific people that I wanted to be friends with and friendships that I really wanted to see grow. Um, and God answered those immediately I got there, and I <laughs> was provided with these people. Um, but through those people, I was able to, I got to be God's student this week. I was, he was my teacher, and I was his student. And so he placed specific people and surrounded me with people that would teach me um, what work ethic for the kingdom looks like and um, including people and the love that he has for people. And I got to see all those things in the entirety of the team and just coming from a different church where we don't have the tight-knit community, I got to see what a church family looks like. I can confidently say that going to the trip, I left home with friends and some acquaintances, um, but I came home with a family. You know, the funny part about families, you don't get to choose them, right? <laughs> Just kind of happens in life. And um, I'm so grateful for this next generation. They get a bum rap in a lot of ways, but I am absolutely excited about what God's doing. We had a couple other young men that joined us from Rock Harbor, um, Eli and Jaden, um, that kept us laughing the entire time for sure. But more than that, they brought um, a hunger to delve into some new things in God. And we, we just had some, some folks that came on this trip. I mentioned before that when we got down there, um, some, some people were added to our team that we didn't, uh, some of them we knew about. They were, they were supposed to be coming with us. I'm glad they made it. And others we didn't, and we just met them while we were there. Um, but Richard, his sister and niece joined us. They're from Sacramento. They joined us in San Diego. And I watched this team just wrap their arms around an amazing woman and her amazing daughter and just invite them into community. And those two, man, they are rock stars. Like, they were so much fun to be around. The things they explored, the heart that God brought out of them, um, just the relationships we got to hang with them in. It was a new space for us to grow in and just have so much fun seeing God do some extraordinary things in the new folks that he brought to our team. And, and from our own church family, we got, to, we got to deepen some relationships with some people that we've known maybe a little bit, um, but we're just starting to explore some relationships with them. And our final testimony here comes from a guy that um, I think if you asked the team this year, probably provided the deepest infusion of just let's go do this um, than anybody on the team. And we had some hype people on the team, let me tell you that. But this young man watching God explode in his life, watching him lean into family and community, watching him say yes to literally everything and to push us into some spaces that we weren't willing to go into was something, I'll be very honest, I was not expecting. And I love that God surprises us like that. And Luis came to be a part of our team. Uh, I would say entered this, this trip with much fear and trembling. Not a lot of relational connection. Um, 
trying to figure out this God thing in church and people and all of this stuff uh, because hasn't been a ton of, of, of his background, but literally got thrown into the middle of a fire, and this dude got lit up. And all of us grew because of getting to spend time with him. But watching him pursue God and community, watching him play with kids down there, watching him say yes again to almost every opportunity that came his way was so inspiring for the rest of this team. There's lots of us who've been doing this for quite some time. I am inspired for the next generation of what God's doing because there's some amazing young men and women of God, leaders that are being formed and shaped, that are going to carry this thing so much further than any of us old people could. And I'm thankful for it because I watched that come alive inside of this man this week. And uh, Luis, um, I, I think if we could hand out an MVP for the trip, um, it would probably be to you, friend. Um, and I just personally want to say thank you. Thank you for opening up your heart. Um, thank you for diving in with both feet. Literally, we were at church one night. I didn't even get to be there. I just saw the video of it. They were singing a song about swimming. And here's Luis just like, whoo, whoo, like going for it. We got video proof of this. Um, but he just, he, he was wholehearted in everything that we did. And uh, Luis, I just want you to take a moment and just share for us what this has meant to you um, and the impact that it's had in you stepping into an environment that, was probably not easy for you to do. Just give us give, give us a little bit. Uh, it was really eye-opening. Uh, it's my first time flying, so that was probably the hardest part. I had a lot of anxiety and fear with that, but once that was over with, I was ready to help people out, get down there and spread the word. But uh, I just felt a lot of love and family on this trip. Like, coming into it, I only really had one friend, Lydia, and just didn't really have relationships with anyone else. I'd come to church, say hi, give a hug, and leave. And now it just feels like all you guys are family to me. Like, I felt so much love on this trip and positive reinforcement and words of encouragement, just all the above. And I'm just really grateful for you guys, honestly. I don't want to cry, but. <laughs> we give him a hand. There was some deep transformation that took place in all of our lives. I, I can confidently say that. And I, I mentioned before, Pastor Chris kind of prophesied over our team that it was not going to be business as usual. And I think part of that was for Mexico. We, we did a lot of things down there this year that got opened some doors and um, led us into some places of ministry that we had not planned or expected for. It just it was certainly not business as usual. We did a lot of very familiar things. There's a lot of things that God just shifted on us, and so we had to pivot. But I actually believe that word was for now. I believe what God is speaking to us is that it's not business as usual, both for River Valley and for those that went and those that are here in how we approach what is next for us in this season. And Zach uh, really led us into this place, you know, that we, we, we see the miracles of God. We cross through on dry ground in spaces that how in the world do you get 41 people down to Mexico and back and not lose anybody? I don't. That's a miracle of God. Um, and multiplied. We actually added two or three while we were there. Uh, how, how, how you navigate those things, all I know is I've been doing it for a long time, and God, God, the miracle of God happens in every one of those spaces. 
But what I feel like the, the Lord is speaking to us, that the, the, this is not business as usual, is that there's, there is a greater deposit that God wants to do in us as we launch out from this Sunday. We tell our missions teams that, that you know, the mission trip, it really never ends, but it doesn't end until Sunday morning after service. Why? Because we want to gather together and celebrate all that God has done. And in all of this, in all the transformation that's happened in this, and this is literally a, a, just a fraction of what God did in all of our lives. Beautiful spaces, but a fraction of what God has done in all of our lives. That God is preparing us not only to cross through a miracle, but to come out on the other side and be ready to do the hard work of what He's called us to do in our valley. There is just so many people that surround us every day that need to know about this amazing Savior that we have. And we walk through life oftentimes just doing the thing and doing business as usual. And I feel like God is stirring us today to say, hey, could we lift our eyes up a little bit? Could we have some greater expectation of what tomorrow is going to look like? Our co-workers, the people that we're going to be around. And could we, could we posture our hearts in such a way that we would say, God, we are living for you on mission, not in Mexico, but right here and now. As we leave these doors, God, what do you have for us this week? Who do you want us to talk to? Right? Who are the Howards that you want us to, to come alongside and point to you, Jesus? Who are the, who are the women that, that in our own community that desperately need to hear that God loves them and cares about them and, and because a man or, or circumstances have caused you to feel like you are used and discarded, that, that God sees you and he loves you? Who, who are those people? Because they surround us every day. How might God want to speak to a young man tomorrow morning when he gets up out of his bed and prepare him for a school year that's ahead of him? How, how might God want to speak to you and through you in this life? Here's what I know, that God, he's not done yet. And we learned a very valuable phrase when we were in Mexico, and I'm going to say it to you. It's the word testimony, and it just simply means God do it again. And, and we got up every morning saying, God, do it again. Whatever you want to do in us today, God, God, show us what we need to know and Tell us what you want us to do, and we'll go do it. And I just feel like God wants us to live with that kind of intentionality every moment of every day of our life. And you're not too young or too old to go before God and say, God, that's how we want to live our lives. Have these guys inspired you maybe to, to live a little bit differently this week? Man, I hope so, because that's what this is all about, is to bring glory to God and to remind us that He and you have a specific gift placed inside of you that is for the people around you, not for you. We got to see that in action through these guys' lives. And again, I could tell you countless stories about all the other spaces that the giftings of God in our life came to fruition. We got to see young leaders develop. We got to see old leaders hand things off. We got to see people step into some new spaces of their life and faith and growth in Christ. We got to see people down there who were in desperate spaces in their life have some love come alongside of them. We get to see a young lady who's going to embark on a whole new journey in her life and get to see God do something powerful through her life. And that's because some people said yes and were willing to share their gifts with some other people. So here's how I want to close this morning. I just sensed this in my heart today as I was sitting here just praying over us, is that we want to... We want to, as a church family, be on mission constantly. We talk about it around here a lot, but I know sometimes it's just easy to get into the day in and day out. But I want to call us today to step into some new spaces of faith in God and to see all the opportunities around us as living life on a mission strip. Amen?
This is what Jesus calls us to. So here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to close this morning. I'm going to ask us all stand together. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over us, and I'm just, I'm just warning you right now, Pastor Zach's going to come after that and give us some, some fun things that we get to be involved in as a church community. Um, if you did not go on the mission trip, if you were not a part of this team, I want you to raise your hand. Okay. Missions team, I want you to go surround. Keep them up, please. Missions team, I want you to go surround these people. Because um, here's the reality of it. All the things that we've experienced in life, are not just for us, they're for a deposit in the people that are around us, okay? Please keep your hands up so that we can pray pray over you guys, because we're, we're going to get some people around you. Um, missions team, if somebody's already got somebody there, you need to go find somebody else. Come on now. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Hey, we still got one over here. You can get both of them. You're a big enough man, you can handle that. I got to ride in a van with this guy for, for a few days. Uh, I'm just telling you right now, um, if you need somebody to ride in a van with you that will keep you uh, focused and motivated, it's this guy right here, Chris. Um, he, he, is, he is a force to be reckoned with. Um, we're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. And here's what we're doing. We're praying for impartation today. Um, this is what Scripture teaches us, that there's an impartation from my life that can be brought into your life of, of just inspiration to go live on mission in the things that God has us for. And so the people around you right now are going to pray over you, and then we're going to believe for God to just put your heart in a new place of living life on mission together. Um, raise your hand. Sorry, one more. I see a couple people that do not have somebody praying for you. If you do not have somebody praying for you, I want you to gather around these folks right now. Okay. Who's got Kelly? There we go. Come on, two fellows right there. Cheeto, you got that whole crew. Keep them focused, buddy. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead us in a moment of prayer, but then when I'm done praying, I want you to pray over their life. Missions team, this is us being on mission right here, okay? Father, we thank you so much for the beauty of the body of Christ. Oh, we got to see it on full display today. And Lord, as we lay hands on the, the parts of the body that are here, Lord, as we have an opportunity, God, as a, as a church family to join together in unity, Lord, we lay hands on these, these individuals, these peoples, these, these families, these couples, Lord, and we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that your heart for mission would grow inside of them. Lord, that they would see their lives with such purpose and destiny, God. Lord, that they would not wake up tomorrow morning to just do another day, God, but they would wake up tomorrow morning to spend their lives to bring others to know you, Jesus, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's in our homes. Maybe it's in our workplaces. Maybe it's in the grocery store. But, Lord, as we lay hands on them right now in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray your blessing upon them, that their hearts would be filled with purpose in every way. And, Lord, that the power of your Holy Spirit, God, would fill each one of these, Lord, that our lives, God, would be lived with intentionality, Lord. Lord, we've seen an example of it today. Now, God, may our lives be the tangible example of it as we live our lives out, Lord. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Okay, I want you to just begin to pray over them individually, the people that are in front of you. Come on now, lift your voices over them. Come on, do it again, God. Do it again, God. Do it again, God. Every family, every individual, sons and daughters, moms and dads, God, do it again. Pour out your spirit on each one, God. Do it again, Lord.
Do it again. Come on, you're awesome. Lord, in every way, with every person, God. Come on, let it be. Let it be, God. Let it be. Come on, mission and purpose. Come on, you're awesome, God. Lord, let unity reign in this place. Lord, let unity be on every heart and every mind. Lord, let unity rest upon your church, God. Do it again, Lord. Lord, do it again, God. Do it again, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord. God, we just say, would you receive all the glory and honor, God, for all that you have done, Lord, for all that you want to do. God, we just surrender it to you. God, we thank you for this church family. Lord, we thank you for this community. Lord, we thank you for our friends that joined us today, God, and those that are joining us online. Lord, we just pray today your blessing be upon your people, God, Lord, in every way. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you for this time in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.